Welcome to Leadership Starts on the Inside, a Lead Like Jesus podcast. Welcome back to the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. My name is Rich Cummins, and I'm your host for this episode. And I'm excited to have with us friends from the Mulligan movie. And so joining us are co-authors Ken Blanchard and Wally Armstrong, along with executive producer Rick Eldridge. Welcome back to the podcast, gentlemen. <laughs> well, last time we talked about The Mulligan, a full-length feature film that's going to be coming out in April of this year. And it's based on a book by the same name, uh, which has everything to do with second chances. In fact, a parable of second chances. And so today we're just going to have another candid conversation around the, around the movie itself. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the storyline and how it, what the implications are for our lives. And so let me start with the first question here. So, uh, so Wally, what was, what, how did golf play a major role in your life and how does it impact your walk with God? Well, I think in, in uh, almost 50 years ago, I met Christ at the University of Florida uh, through a Christian organization, a sports organization. And then uh, immediately I began to share my new uh, found love of Jesus with the other guys on my golf team. And so I saw a few of them trust the Lord, and then we started a little study going, and uh, and I caught a vision through uh, my mentor, a man named Jim Hiskey, who started the uh, tour Bible study many years ago, and he uh, met with me uh, and challenged me to walk with him and really reach the people group, the golfers of the world for Christ. And so for the last 50 years, that's been my uh, my passion is to use this game of golf to reach people for Christ, to 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 find every way I can to reach that people group through clinics, speaking, uh, writing books. Uh, the first book I wrote was called In His Grip, and uh, that was with Tom Lehman and Billy Graham, and that sold, I think, 350,000 copies, and uh, Ken Blanchard endorsed it, and I had never met him, and so it, it took us like 10 years before we even connected, so that was kind of fun. So um, golf, uh, it's always been my uh, my game ever since I found my first golf ball in a cornfield of Indiana and sold it over the fence to some golfers. I started in the golf business. And uh, did you say Indiana? Indiana. That's where I grew up on uh, in the cornfields, of Indiana, a little nine hole uh, country course had one sand trap and that was filled with dirt. And uh, well, that, uh, well, I will have, you know, Wally, <laughs> I am sitting right now from this, my studio in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't see any sand around. I see yeah. some remnants of snow no. right now. <laughs> well, so, anyway, thank, thanks. I just, um, you know, golf is, is such a great sport. You know, statistically, there are 28 million golfers in America, and there are 50 million that watch golf. They may not be golfers, but they like watching it. So we have an incredible opportunity here with this movie with the books, with the materials, uh, to reach that, that group, you know, and, uh, that's, that's what's exciting. Okay. So Ken, which character is your favorite character in this movie? <laughs> well, you, uh, you know, you gotta, besides the priest, Ken, which one is your favorite, <laughs> favorite character? You gotta go with the old pro is played by Pat Boone, you know, cause, uh, he's, uh, such a lover of the Lord. 
and he's got this twinkle in his eye. You know, I mean, he's just uh, uh, loves to share it. And Paul, the uh, main character in the movie, who's uh, you know never known the Lord, and his life is pretty well messed up with his marriage and his relationship with his son and Paul. And the old pro just kind of brings him along in a in a most delightful way, and and teaches him about golf and life because uh, that's what I think they go together. Uh, golf spells, as I've said, game of life first. Uh, and so it, uh, he, he's a special character, to say the least. So in a minute, we're going to go a little bit deeper on mentoring relationships, want to know more about Paul and the old pro. But uh, Rick, I want you to set up the storyline for us. Spend a few minutes and just help us understand what's going on with the movie. Now, don't give it all away. I know you won't. But just just tell us some more of the high <laughs> points that the audience is going to recognize and see. Exactly. Uh, and one of the things that was so dynamic about the book when I read it, uh, it, it obviously tells this story through the relationship of Paul and the old pro. Uh, and, and as I read that and started thinking about the screenplay and how we were going to develop that, I said, you know what, we need to know a little bit more about Paul. Who is Paul? Where is he coming from? And uh, so we kind of built the backstory of his company and we got to know some of the people inside of his company. Uh, we, uh, we kind of brought in an international element to the story and kind of a nemesis uh, guy that's kind of trying to take over his company. <laughs> and so we got all these other stories that are intertwining around the, around the story as well. And then we were very, very uh, important that we looked at the father-son relationship, the, the wife and husband relationship, because, you know, uh, the, the big thing about Paul and his relationship is when, when the old pro meets him, uh, he thinks he's going to help his golf game. <laughs> and uh, he realizes pretty quick that everything else in his life is just screwed up. You know, he's, his kid hates him, uh, he, he, and rightly so, and he's, he's divorcing his wife, and uh, everything else in his life is just falling apart because he's put so much of his time and effort into this business, and, uh, and, and he feels pretty good about himself, really. He thinks, I'm, I'm a pretty successful guy. I've done okay. But all of those things begin to get unpacked in the story, and, uh, you know, so without giving you the, the, uh, the nitty gritty behind that, that kind of sets the stage for a lot of characters that are interacting and in all part of, of Paul's life, some pulling in one directions, some pulling him in another, but, uh, you know, his compass and his, uh, his, his main course of direction, he gets from the old pro. He rejects it for a while, but, but he realizes this is the right thing because, uh, Paul really is a good guy. You know, he's like a lot of us. He's just a little bit lost. And uh, so we help bring him into play as we go through the movie. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things we want to explore, and we've got time to do some of them. Uh, we're going to catch up on uh, supportive relationships. We're going to talk about fatherhood here in a minute. Love to even explore a little bit further about how people are focused on kind of the bottom line, like Paul at work. I mean, he was he had all the competencies down, but there were some inside things that were not, not working well and that were, was, ca was causing him friction in his personal life and issues there. So we're going to explore those it's, topics and more. And just, it's interesting, oh. Rich, uh, in many ways, you know, Bob Buford started a ministry called Halftime. You know, you're in, you're in, the, you're in your 40s or 50s and, you know, you're in the locker room, you're going to come out for the second half. And he said, uh, 
the real key thing is how do you move from success to significance? And Paul was a perfect example who he thought his whole life was based on, on uh, his performance at work and the bottom line of his company. And, and he was just missing relationships and that significance is moving from, you know, focus on external things to internal and relationships. Uh, and uh, so uh, that's really where a lot of people, uh, you know, be, they wish they could have done that earlier, but it's not too late <laughs> to move so, from success to significance. And I, I hope we catch a bunch of people in that, yeah. in that, that transition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're human beings, not human doings. And when we get that out of whack and out of alignment, then things can go awry. So for those of you who weren't able to catch our last podcast, we're going to play the trailer for the movie once again right now. Oh, hey, Paul, I set you up in a Pro-Am charity golf tournament. Heavy hitter coming in from Asia. Your entire purpose for being there. Connect us to the $20 billion man. Money. Paul McAllister is off to a big start. Would you have time to talk about some business ideas I have? Sure. After I meet your family? About the putter? You're just not good enough to get that mad. Mom, God's warranty on Dad coming back has expired. I'm moving on. You should too. You have no idea how much I sacrificed to provide for our family. Some things aren't worth sacrificing. Hey, Paul, there is somebody here who I'd love for you to meet. Are you the old pro? <laughs> well, I am old. When was the last time you drove like this? 20 years ago, I guess. Back when I still had my license. How do you see yourself? Not just in golf, but your whole existence, your life. I have a son who hates me, and my wife and I have been separated for about five years. Sounds like your game could use a mulligan. Taking a mulligan is cheating. I play by the rules, or I don't play. 4.5 million to us, a 50% ROI. Thank you, thank you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Your dad's not gonna be able to make Mom, I okay, I know he's not gonna come. What kind of God allows his people to suffer so much pain? Your son has moved in with you. Sometimes God uses seemingly bad things for good. I'm not sure I like his methods. It's about believing. This never was about golf, was it? I think my work here is done. Ladies and gentlemen, make your tea time. Welcome back. And so one of the key themes in this movie is relationships and mentoring relationships. And so Paul, the main character, has a relationship with the old pro. Originally, he's thinking this guy, this gentleman, the old pro is going to help him with his golf game, a competency. But he finds out so much more. Ken, tell us about what that more actually is. Well, it's interesting. Uh, uh... One of my mentors was Bob Buford, who started halftime, and he said that we're all in the locker room at uh, age, you know, 40 or 50, and we're going to come out for the second half. And his uh, ministry was called Halftime, and, and uh, he said he found out that most people have been stuck on success, on, you know, results, whether it's in, in the, their business or on the golf course and all, and that's what Paul is interested in, you know. How are we doing profit-wise? My golf game, how do I get my handicap down and all? And that uh, 
all pro is just in a delightful way shows them that the most important thing is how do you move from success to significance and significance is really all about relationships starting with your relationship with the lord uh there where where you, you know where the true mulligan comes from and and in the that that process how do you build relationships uh with your spouse with your kids with your friends with your colleagues in a whole uh, different way because uh i often say that you know, love is the answer. What is the question? And that's really what uh, Jesus' whole theme uh, was all about. And I think that's what, uh, what, what this is all about, is that how do you end up having loving relationships with people that so many people miss? But it's not too late. I don't care what your age is. That's why I think this film is so good for everybody, whether they're a young person searching in their lives or they're somebody in their middle age or even... Uh, in the older ages, so it's a, it's just fun. How do you move from success to significance? Yeah, and so the 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 subtitle of this podcast is where leadership starts on the inside. And so often in the workplace, we look at competencies and we look at data and we look at uh, the bottom line and strategies, but ignore some of the most key components to leadership. And those are the things that are happening on the inside that can even cause us friction with relationships. And so this whole bit about mentoring relationships is very important in this movie. And so Wally, I want you to talk a little bit about that. And so we know this stat, 65% of all millennials took their current job based on professional development opportunities. How does, how do you see that playing out in the movie? Um, how do you see this mentor thing working? And then how do we walk it out in life? Oh, gee. Um, I think that, that Pat really is the perfect mentor that we need to look for people uh, like uh, uh, that can mentor us as a young person. Um, you know, if you're a young businessman, don't be afraid to go, you know, seek a mentor, seek someone that's been successful, especially if he's a Christ follower and say, tell me about your life, help me to understand more. And, and that, but to really have someone that, that you can really open up to. Um, and, uh, um, and, and, you know, there are so many men our age, you know, Ken's a lot older than me, but, uh, uh, but um, you know, we're wide open. You know, we have time, we have experience, and and, uh, and if you're a young person, we want, you know, seek some people out, and they've got time, and they'd love to pour their lives into you, um, and so that's kind of what I would say as far as a mentor. We we need them. I was fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, a couple old pros in my life, and um, coming out of an alcoholic, abusive father, um, that's part of the story is uh, I was able to share and I wanted to share through the book about my struggles, which is really Paul's background. That's it's really a blend. The book and the movie is a blend of Ken's and my narratives where I'm more of uh, brings more of his struggles as far as his own identity and his father's struggle with him and uh, and then how uh, he's he's able to overcome that when he when he meets Christ, which is pretty much my story. Ken's the businessman. He came from that angle of the personal struggles. And, um, but I think one thing I'd, that uh, I'd like to share about this is that, uh, you know, too, too often people then start with Christ and then they get really busy and they start trying to do things. They get caught up in all the activities uh, of, of uh, church, uh, trying to 
or even trying to be like Jesus, I think, which is really tough. If you make that your goal, you're going to struggle. I think it's so, <laughs> it's so much more important, as I would say, Ken, I think we want to lead with Jesus. And once we start to lead with him, we develop that relationship with him, then we want to go out with him and then lead like him as his as he's our model. So uh, I think the real danger a lot of times is we miss we miss the personal walk with Jesus. Yeah. And uh, that's always has to be the first person that we need to reach for Christ is ourselves. Yeah. If yeah. we don't reach ourselves daily and get into that, into the word and get into prayer and, and look at our own lives with the Lord, that's always got to be the foundation before we go out. And uh, Rich, I, think, I think in many ways, Wally's getting at the difference between a coach and a mentor. Mm -hmm. Coach wants to help you accomplish a goal. You know, I mean, a coach in sports, you want to win the game, but people hire coaches because, you know, I want to get to this bottom line and all that kind of thing. Where a mentor is about helping you be the best you you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. They aren't, uh, they don't have a goal in mind except you and uh, who mm -hmm. you are, as, as Wally's uh, saying. And that's why you need to seek out somebody who will be there with you and they are not sort of sort of say, you got to be like me or you got to do this. It's, you know, let's keep on talking. How do you be the best you that you can possibly be? And you do that when you're also walking with the Lord. Mm. And the old uh, pro NATO life, Ken. I think you know you're talking about how do you play, teach somebody to play a NATO life game, mm. just like on golf on the course. Yes, yeah. Non-attached outcome is NATO. Yeah. Uh, non-attached. Not, not, not attached outcome. And oh, not and attached. So, yeah, uh, I find that uh, I play the best golf when I'm not attached to outcome. I'm just out there for the journey, and boy, I'm amazed at some of the shots I can can hit <laughs> but if i'm going to say you got to get it over here i got to do this and you know you're grinding your teeth before the shot <laughs> but you're you're rather you're enjoying the journey you're enjoying everything that's happening um so you know you talk about the old pro being kind of in that mentor role then for paul um he helped him see that maybe paul's life was out of balance and so, Rick, let's talk about that a little bit, because that's so important. You know, Jesus himself said, what good is it to gain the whole world if you lose your soul? And so while Paul is making things happen in the boardroom, he's excelling there. He's got problems with his kid. He's got problems with his wife. Talk about that. What's going on there? Yeah, we uh, as, a, as I've said earlier, we tried to go into the story and tell a lot of the backstory of who Paul was. And, uh, you know, if you look at it and follow the storyline, uh, he winds up getting mulligans everywhere <laughs> and uh, he gets them in business. You know, he has this relationship with this international business guy and uh, very naturally the business guy says, get your house in order and come back and we'll do business. And uh, Paul says, man, thanks for the mulligan. You know, he, he, he got it. You know, he knew that this guy was uh, uh, and, and it happened with his wife. You know, he, uh, he, did, he didn't ask her for a mulligan, but he, he certainly asked her for forgiveness and, and grace, and, and she gave him a mulligan. Uh, it happened with his son, you know, who is laying there in a, in a, uh, in a hospital with uh, an injury he just has in the movie, and you'll have to watch the movie to find out what that is. But, uh, and, and he looks up at his dad and said, what are you doing here? I hate you. 
And, uh, and that was the relationship they had. And yet through the course of Paul and his journey and his mentoring with the old pro, uh, he restores that relationship to the point that he and his son actually reunite and actually have a point where they pray together. And it's just pretty powerful when they do that. So uh, I think in every case we see that, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's like a lot of things when we, you know, focus and put all of our energy uh, into a specific thing, everything else around us seems to kind of suffer because of that and, and, uh, and maybe find that same tension because of that too. And uh, so in Paul's life, uh, it's, it's not about golf. Uh, and in fact, one of the last lines in the movie is, uh, as Paul and the old pro are walking away, is Paul says, this was never about golf, was it? And uh, the old pro just says, well, my job's done. <laughs> That's his response. But uh, there's so many mulligans we can have in life. And uh, the beauty of this movie, and we've heard this said, and it's so rewarding to hear, uh, from women, from people that don't play golf that have happened to, to see it at different points in times is, is that this is not a golf movie. This is a life movie. And, uh, and mm -hmm. so that game of life first that, uh, that Ken mentioned, I guess we, we accomplished it. We got it done. And, uh, and we mm -hmm. tell that story through the course of the movie. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're mentioning some redemptive things going on there, especially with broken relationships and, and do-overs there. And so I'm sure that has something to do with this, but I'm curious, as I look at this book, the cover of the book, and I know it's part of the movie, there's a broken club here. Wally, tell us more about that broken club. What does that mean? Well, I think it, it, it signifies our life, you know, that we're all broken and we need to, we need to have a new life. We know we need to have a new club. If you break a shaft of a club, um, you can't put a bandaid on it. <laughs> and Jesus wants to not just take our lives and repair it, but he wants to give us a whole new life. And that's what happens is we become a new person. Uh, he fills us with his Holy spirit and we become this new, uh, son of God, it says in the scriptures, and we have a whole new outlook on life. We still sin, but we're not sinners. We still uh, fall, but we have uh, the forgiveness of him. And in the, uh, the movie and in the book, we talk about that Jesus gives us unlimited mulligans. And, um, you know, we're going to fall, but it's how quick we can get back up and, uh, and give him our hand and ask him to give us direction and thank him for his forgiveness. Uh, that's, that's what really makes life worth living and uh, gives us the hope that we can move through any situation and, uh, and come out uh, on the path that he's, you know, designed us to have to walk in. So at Lead Like Jesus, we talk about the being habits and the doing habits. To be closer to Christ means we need to, we need to to be more like him, and then we'll do the things that he did. And grace mm -hmm. and forgiveness were two of the, the mm -hmm. big doing habits that we mention and talk about. Mm -hmm. And so really, this second chance theme is so important to, to, to our audience, to the Lead Like Jesus movement. And so I'd love to know, and I'm not going to call on anybody specific, so I'll let you guys fight <laughs> over this one. How does the message of second chances resonate with you personally? What setbacks have you had in your own life that you needed a do-over for? Go. 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about one that happened in the course of this movie. I mean, even uh, the mulligan got a mulligan. Uh, we, were, uh, we were starting to, to shoot this movie uh, two years ago, and uh, we had 75 people in an office, and we were literally a, a week and a half away from flying actors in and starting to shoot the movie, and everybody's excited, energy's up. And the governor of the state of Georgia, where we were shooting, sends out the verdict that says, there's a pandemic and everybody's got to go home. Mm. And, uh, and I had to tell 75 people they didn't have a job anymore and send everybody away. And uh, we didn't know if we'd ever come back together. We hoped we would, we prayed we would. But uh, so for me, most recently, uh, you know, that's the, you know, the, the excitement of, you know, boy, we're going to get this thing going. Everybody's flying in you know, to, to having to walk into a room and say, Guy, guys, we all got to go home. You know, we got we to gotta shut this down. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it costs us money, it costs us time, it costs us momentum, it costs us all of that, but, uh, you know, we got a mulligan, <laughs> and, and exactly a year later to the day, we were able to come back together and bring everybody together, and I think they even had such a greater anticipation, and uh, the beauty of that is uh, we hardly lost any crew, and we lost no actor because of that. Every actor we had scheduled to come came a year later, mm -hmm. uh, which is phenomenal. That's amazing, and uh, so so it was a that, to me that was a you know a, a carrying the weight of that movie and you know hundreds of people and millions of dollars on your shoulders and then seeing it kind of blow up in your face uh, that was just a, a again God's provision and I think we found the right time and uh, and and you know, where do we need this message more than in our world today when there's so many things going on around us? And God knew that. He knew that these things were going to happen. And, and this story was a story for today, for now. A story of hope, a story of grace, a story of forgiveness. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, we do get a mulligan uh, to be able to do this movie now and, and get it out there. And, uh, and I think having been a bigger impact because of it. Fantastic. I, I think um, for me, uh, the mulligan really got a mulligan um, because the book, uh, <laughs> the book went out of print in uh, uh, three years ago. Uh, they took it out of the uh, hardback and they called me and said, we're pulling the book, but we'll print it for you, Wally, on paperback, uh, print on demand. So there was nowhere to get the book. I just kind of said, okay, I'm, I'm just going to use them to continue to give out to people and uh, send out to friends. And so it was out of print for a, about a year or two. And so when Rick showed up on that tee, uh, you know, right in, in the group ahead of me and said, hey, I got your book. I like this book. Hey, what do you think about doing a movie on it? So I like blew, it blew me away because I thought, well, it's, it's gone. It's, it's had its run, Ken. And, uh, but when he said a movie, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is something that I can't control. I'm not going to have to try to push it. <laughs> so that's the greatest mulligan is when you uh, when you see how it's not about you and it isn't about me or Ken. It's about God's hand in making this available now for people to use as a tool to really reach more and more people for Christ. If a book could reach hundreds, a movie can reach potentially thousands. So I'm just thrilled about the mulligan, the mulligan book guy. <laughs> So, so the Mulligan the, is truly a God project. The, the Mulligan movie had its own Mulligan 
and the Mulligan book becoming a movie had its own Mulligan. So total second chances all around. That's right. So, so Ken, tell us, give us a final word on why, why this is a must see for 2022. Well, because I think this pandemic has really created opportunities that they've had to take Mulligans. You know, I mean, we were down 40% uh, when this whole thing hit, you know, and, and uh, right about then our son Scott became president. He said, thanks a lot. You know? <laughs> and uh, so uh, in 2000, we maybe did 20 or 30 uh, online sessions a month. Uh, this last month, we did 900 uh, sessions and Scott uh, redesigned the whole company. So put all of our content, we're bringing in fabulous people to put it online and all. And uh, so we remade our company and 2021 was the best uh, year we've ever had as a company, which is really hard to believe. Wow. So being down, at, down 40% uh, to uh, a turnaround like that and, and having our son take over. And he told the, the, the people in the company when he took over, he said, I just want to tell you my number one value is forthrightness. He said, I'll tell you, on a weekly basis, what I know, what I don't know, and what I wish I knew. And he sends out an email every week to everybody in the company and, and does just, just that, and they just love it. And they feel like they're really involved. So that's there's a story in there about culture as well. So definitely a, a mulligan for the, the Ken Blanchard companies and, mm -hmm. and really a culture of excellence and so much more. I, and so, I would say one other thing. Uh, Rich, the, the game of golf has got a huge mulligan. There is such an interest in golf. And that's, of course, a beautiful thing about this movie is these golf courses are booming. You can't get tee times. I called a friend of mine has a huge, uh, you know, golf discount store in Bend, Oregon, who actually, uh, Eric is, you know, goes there all the time. He can't get golf balls. <laughs> they're, they're run out of golf balls, these manufacturers. So golf is a huge it's got a huge mulligan, Ken. I mean, there are more golf. Yeah. They're opening because of COVID. People want to be outside. Yeah, because you know, in the pandemic, pandemic has really helped uh, the game, know. giving golf a mulligan. <laughs> Most of the golf courses have had their greatest year in the history of their. Right. Their clubs. right. Well, praise God. Let's get them to the golf course <laughs> so they can learn about life. So the game of life first. Rick, what, where do our audience, where should our audience go now if they want to learn more about this project and even purchase tickets for an upcoming movie? Just go to our website. It's themulliganmovie.com. Uh, you can also go to their Facebook page, Mulligan Movie Facebook page, but the website will help you navigate through, uh, you know, ticket purchases. You can see some behind the scenes of how we made the movie. Uh, you can hear from Ken and Wally on, on set doing stuff. There's a lot of uh, just a wealth of information there, but uh, you know logistics to you know just put in a, a zip code where you live, and uh, up will pop up the theaters near you, and uh, you'll find one. We're in every major demographic across the country, and uh, so I'm sure there's a movie theater near you, so you can pick up tickets and go. And we encourage you to do that in advance. That uh, you know we're, we're we have a lot of large groups going, a lot of people buying out theaters and. Uh, so we, we encourage you to get your seats early and uh, they're on sale now and just go to the website. Again, themulliganmovie.com. Find everything you need. 
mulliganmovie.com. And so I've got to thank you guys. You've given me a mulligan and you don't even know it. I've been trying to get my wife on the golf course or justify golfing for years. Whoa. And now that she knows there's a redemptive story out of it, I've got a mulligan. All so right. Thank, thank you all for joining us today. We're excited to see the movie. Can't wait until April when it comes out. I'm going to be one of the first in line. So if you don't mind, join me as we pray out this podcast. Heavenly Father, God of glory, you truly gave us the ultimate mulligan through your son, Jesus Christ. We are thankful for that. And for our audience out there right now that are watching, tuning in and listening to this podcast, I just pray, Lord God, that you'd be with them and help them to understand that you truly are the God of second chances, a chance to redeem relationships, a chance to redeem their lives, a chance to, to maybe have a do-over in the workplace, getting life in balance once again as well. We thank you for this very important message, Lord God. And I pray for the success of this movie so that lives will be transformed for your glory. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Yeah. And I want to thank you, our audience. Thank you for joining us again on the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Leadership Starts on the Inside, a Lead Like Jesus podcast. Learn more and get access to other resources at leadlikejesus.com.